0: The answer to that is, you're right, they won't do it as well as you. And the thing is that that average effort, that lowered expectation effort but multiplied gives you far bigger impact, far bigger scale than you could imagine.
1: I would extend that to your success is directly proportionate to the number of uncomfortable situations that you're willing to recognize and show up in anyway.
0: So, there's real value if you've got a team looking at your key uh, leaders and managers of a particular things, getting them to experience client side as much as possible, as well as yourself. Because there is just so much valuable data in what clients tell you, but also when you just experience the same frustration, you go, oh, this is why a client's frustrated. I get that. <laughs> Hey everyone, it's Carl Taylor here, and I'm joined by my incredible co-host, Peter Moriarty. And we are here to talk about Entrepreneurs Rising. That's right, that's our podcast, all about helping entrepreneurs like us, like you, to rise the tide and help impact more people, create more money, to have a better lifestyle, and ultimately achieve the life, the success, whatever you wanna call it, of your dreams, and to contribute more back to society. And uh, today's going to be a really great episode. We're talking about something that I know both Pete and I have gone through and I've had conversations with many people over the years that have suffered this. And it's the idea of, especially if you're a service business like Peter and I are, it's the idea of if I grow my business, it's going to suck because my delivery sucks or if it doesn't suck now, if I grow my business, it will suck. Pete's laughing away. Pete, so great to be joined with you today. Oh, man, I'm happy to be here and I'm happy to be recording with you
1: as always, Carl. And I think, yeah, this is probably one of the most challenging parts of entrepreneurship is after you've got through the initial excitement of the launch of a business and you know you've got the foundation down, and then you start the hard yards. And the hard yards are building a team, actually. Delivering on the promises and and going further than the start because the birthing of a business is is that's just the birth. Well then it's then you've actually got a business growing up. And for a business to continue to deliver, whether you're a product business or a service business as an element of delivery and what you do, uh, yeah things don't always go perfectly. <laughs> That's probably a you know, pretty pretty solid rule there is that things are not always going to go to plan. And there's something interesting that I've noticed, certainly in my journey, is this phenomenon of when I'm feeling like crap about the business and the way that the business is delivering, and I know because I have that little underlying inkling and feeling that, oh, things aren't right or customers aren't happy or uh, you know things aren't the way they should be, there is fear and possibly even sabotage around my ability to grow the business and it's been so obvious been so obvious like i've literally had days where i'm about to hit go on a broadcast and i think about one customer who's had like a bad experience that week and i go oh my god if i sent this broadcast
0: totally what is that I one that, i know that thing. well you know it's 10,000
1: people that i'm sending it to
0: and what might they reply back and say to you you know what what might they do
1: what if they reply back and say, F you? Totally. <laughs> F you. Totally. And so there's so much to unpack here. There's so much to unpack here. Um, my my first curiosity, Carl, is you know the nature of entrepreneurs being intrinsically linked to the brand of their business. And we've spoken about that in previous episodes around the, the choices of how visible an entrepreneur wishes to be with their business. And I find it a little ironic that I know you've really tried not to be the face of your business, certainly in terms of the brand. Uh, I know you spend a lot of time promoting the business in different ways, and you're using your face for that. Um, but yeah, you've always had a keen interest in in keeping yourself less attached to the identity of the business. Uh, yet here we are. Uh, you know, there's there's something, there's something there. Uh, I'm I'm making the presupposition that it's a reflection of your your personal you know link to the business that is that's what's challenging you here. So yeah what's uh, what's real for you with that right now?
0: Oh, 100%, look 100 like it, it, you're right there's an irony of I do I've purposely built a business that's not my face. I'm always big about removing you from your business and yet the truth is the biggest pain that I take away from my business when I buy into it all relates down to what I think the core story for pretty well all suffering is that I won't be loved and you know this is the this is this is the business that whether my face is on it or not I birthed it in my mind there is an while I'm in charge of it I'm responsible for it it's I don't have children so I can't say for sure but I could imagine that it could be very similar to a child doing something that deeply disappoints the parent the way they behave the way they act that the parent just is it's they're completely separate entity They have no control fully over how the child is, yet there's a reflection of their behavior they feel is a reflection in some way of them and their responsibility or what. And so when the team, and here's the thing, right? Like both Pete and I have got large teams. And I remember, I think it was Tony Robbins, I heard him say this. He was talking about all the companies he owned. And he said, So there's a lot of companies and a lot of people and over thousands of employees. It's like, do you think there's a high chance that right now in this moment, someone is doing something differently to how I would prefer that they do it? And I related to that so deeply because I can tell you that there are so many times that I discover the team somewhere has done something a way that I would prefer they hadn't done it. And um, when you step back from the business and you're completely blissfully unaware that these things are happening life's great. And what I've found has happened for me is either there's a client who personally knows me or something gets so bad, it finally gets escalated up to my attention. And that shines a little microscope on a specific situation. And so I get burst out of my bubble of everything's great. And I now see that thing that happened in a way that I would prefer it had not happened. And then the mind goes crazy. The mind starts to go, well, if this is happening to this person, how many more are there? And so you start searching and you start looking and you find more, more things. And you see this and you see this and you see that. And you're like, oh, everything's going terrible. Like, oh, how is anyone even happy being a client of ours? Like, what are these clients saying? Like, oh, there's another cancellation ticket. Oh, look, there's another complaint. Oh, look, someone said that. It's like, we've got hundreds of clients. Chances are someone's going to complain. We're not going to make everyone happy. Like, I logically know this. Yet in my body, the way I feel is I just feel like, oh, like this thing's not going the way I want it to. Everything's shit. My business is shit. Therefore, I'm shit. People don't love me. I'm not enough. I'm going to die because I'm not loved. I'm not conscious necessarily. I wasn't conscious of all of that context. But like that's, I think that's the crux of it. And Pete's kind of nodding away, so he probably agrees. But all of that comes down to then, just as Pete said, for me, it could be sending out an email broadcast or it could be like not even telling the team. Like I can have a system set up where it's like, we're scheduled. This is an email campaign that's scheduled to go out. And part of why I need teams in place and automation in place is to get me out of my own way. Because if I have to make a conscious decision to click send versus it just gets sent, there's a higher chance that I'll get in my own way and go, oh no, no, now's not the right time to click send. Let's not send it. Let's not send it. Whereas, if I'm not involved in that decision and someone sends it, great. It happened as it was supposed to, as it was planned. Whereas, Carl is prone to self sabotage and decide, no, now's not the right time because this thing happened. Or now's not the right time because we've really got some slower turnarounds in this particular team. And I'm worried that we'll get too many clients and then we won't be able to deliver and they won't be happy. And I think here's my question to you, Peter Where's the balance? of not caring, right? Just going, it's all numbers. You know, we've got big scale. A client's just a number, which we all hate to be a number in a business, right? We've all experienced being just a number in a business. Where's that balance between, okay, we don't get drawn into it, but then also having a level of pride and desire to to deliver at a high standard. Because I think a lot of entrepreneurs were perfectionists or suffer from perfectionism. But our team aren't the same, so I know I, po- I pose that to Pete. Where do you think there's a balance point? We go too far one way, and there's this point in the middle. I'm going to answer your question with
1: with unpacking a little bit more because I I don't have a direct answer to to that question. Um, though it's interesting that you mentioned mm-hmm. perfectionism, um, because I think uh, perfectionism you know, really is uh, an interesting idea to explore. And uh, in one of, uh, I'm forgetting the author now, uh, the books called Daring Greatly, perfectionism is basically rooted in uh, shame or self judgment. And so the feeling or the idea of I, I must be, I must be perfect. Is rooted in you know what you shared about if I'm if I'm not perfect then I'm unlovable or unloved. So uh, it's interesting when you know when we show up in a, in a in a workspace with perfectionism or where things must be uh, must be perfect uh, that might be something to that might be something to look into there uh, you know as as you know what what is the reason that we're we're showing up there. Um, I think one of the biggest challenges with you know doing the little snooping around the team's work and starting to find that things aren't all going as you would like them to go is, you know, realizing the way that you deliver is very different to how your team deliver. That's just, that's a fundamental difference. And in a way, and I say this without judgment or disrespect of anyone, that's why you're the entrepreneur. And that's why others are working for you. It's because different people will, will work in different ways. And that's not about uh, a hierarchy or different, uh, uh, you know, different value of people as humans. That's because there's one person who is crazy enough to see a vision. And entrepreneurs tend to be pretty good at vision, pretty good at seeing what's different about the future what could be different about the future. And in a way, you've kind of got to look at the present and go, things aren't right in the present, right? Which is a little bit of a weird kind of thought. And I'm having like background conversation in my mind at the moment as I'm talking about this, about, ah, well, that's the reason so many children with like childhood traumas around their parenting would like go that's and become entrepreneurs. True. There's other there's other threads there for yeah. me in the subplot here. Um, but entrepreneurs can see the vision and they can see how things should be. And that is the skill. And that is the reason why an entrepreneur sits in the position of business founder, or or visionary in a business, right? That's your job, to see those things and to see what others don't see. That's also your job as well. So the challenge is then bringing it back to the daily practicals of like, well, the way that you're going to deliver when you're actually delivering something is very different to someone else who can't see around the corners, And I've sat in, even this week, meetings with my team where they're stuck with something and I have the solution. Really easy for me to think of something that they haven't thought of. And there was tension and frustration in that moment of, why the hell couldn't they work this out? Why why didn't they come up with that idea? Why didn't that they Google search that? But the reality is, is that's my job. My job is to set the vision. And my team's job is to help direct and implement that. So how does that actually translate down to a a practical day to day application? Well, it's your job to set the vision and create the system for the team to deliver really well. It's your job as the as the entrepreneur to architect how delivery is going to happen. And when you architect how delivery is going to happen, that gives a better chance of someone else delivering and honestly in my journey i've learned that i have to lower my expectations of how other people will deliver way 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 down by like 40 percent, truly and and know that promises that i give in how i would do something may not actually be scalable unless i find clones of peter and you know there's the old adage of like oh i just want to find someone who's exactly like me right that person doesn't exist,
0: or well, they don't want to work for you. If they do exist,
1: or they don't, or they don't want to work for you, exactly, yeah.
0: Because <laughs> if they're exactly like you, they want to do their own thing. Exactly, yeah.
1: So it's about okay. Well, what can I create as a system of delivery, separate to myself, which can be delivered repeatedly, hopefully at scale, and you know ticks all the other boxes, is valuable to customers. And people will actually pay money for it, um, but you've got to take that to a conversation around your team delivering to your customers. It's not I'm going to deliver X product because I think X product is going to be
0: amazing. Pete, I think there's a there's a number of things you've said there that are um, that really stand out to me, and I, I fully agree. And and it's interesting, different businesses, different types of teams as well. I mean, both Pete and I have large Filipino teams. Um, and there, there is the, the, the reality is that there is a certain level of expectation sometimes that you expect from, I'm sure it happens in other teams as well, but from them that just you do have to lower your expectation. Like it, they're, they're, I found in my experience that they're far more likely to follow a system. But even then, even when you've got a documented step-by-step perfect system, when you've got a bigger team of more than probably three or four, there's a high chance, far more statistically higher chance that someone somewhere is not following the system or not not quite doing it the way you would prefer it to be done, even if it's a documented. So it's, it is important to understand that when when people say, and I've heard a lot, oh, I, I can't hire anyone because they won't do it as well as me. The answer to that is, you're right. They won't do it as well as you. And the thing is that that average effort, that lowered Expectation effort, that multiplied, gives you far bigger impact, far bigger scale than you could imagine. If I didn't have the team that I have right now, around fifty odd, like I would probably have about five clients. That's all Carl would probably be able to handle is five clients. They'd be paying more money, but they'd probably be five clients that I'm personally working with, who would be getting a you know great level of service. But there'd be the other two hundred and fifty odd, or whatever the current number of clients is, that are left out in the cold because I didn't wasn't prepared to let go of that perfection of getting it done exactly the way Carl would do it. I had to let go and accept a lower quality than maybe I would give it, knowing that I'm getting a far bigger reach and bigger impact, not just on the clients of how many clients we're serving, but I'm also then impacting in other people's lives by giving jobs and not just giving them jobs but then giving them money that they're putting back into their local economies In how they buy services and products, which are helping feed and do a lot more for other people, so it is something to really think about. And if we bring it back to this first, this first title of this episode, right? The first point of I can't scale or grow because my delivery sucks. There's a, I think there's a fundamental difference here. If you've got to understand, is is it your delivery sucks because it's lacking a system, a process, a way of systematically delivering a as consistent as possible result because at the end of the day clients want consistency and as you grow consistency can get more challenging to deliver on but statistically do you lack the system or is the problem that you're too attached to this perfection you're too attached to fear and someone said to me this morning because I was talking about this this morning on on a boardroom meeting with some some board members they said that Ultimately growth thrives on chaos. Growth is about taking chaos and creating order. So if you think that you can grow your business and it will just be this beautiful orderly process of it just works this way, it's like it's not growth. Growth creates chaos which you then bring order to that chaos, which creates the ultimate growth. So pursuing growth creates the chaos. And then the actual growth from, comes from you taking that chaos and finding a way to create order, fixing the problem. Oh, this thing happened. Oh, this thing broke. We need to improve this. Oh, that's some good feedback. We need to change this. The challenge is as entrepreneurs in my experience has been getting the timing right. Because there are times that you can grow too quickly. Uh, I'll give you an example. I think it was about four years ago. I was kind of putting my head a little bit in the sand. I, I knew there were some complaints coming through. There were some problems coming through in the business. I had a few people reach out to me. Hey, I've got this problem. Hey, I've got this problem. And I was just slowly working away to fix each like little fire extinguisher, put out that little fire, put out that little fire. And we have built a few extra processes that should improve it. And it wasn't until uh, one of my really close friends who'd been a client for a long time. And she was also my mindset coach. And she called me up and she just said, look, I think I'm going to have to leave. Like she just really personally was able to, I could feel the emotion of just how much we were clearly not hitting the mark for her at that time. And so that combined with all the other stuff I knew had been happening made me make a tough decision where I decided to close the doors. We were taking on no new clients. We put a waiting list process in place and we basically said no new clients until we get our house in order. That was we had a system issue. We hadn't perfected, or perfected is probably the wrong word. We hadn't optimized our recruitment process. We hadn't optimized the way that we were recruiting new team members to grow with the level of new clients we were bringing in at the time. And so that wasn't, oh, well, who cares? And I probably could have continued to just go, well, we'll just churn and burn some people. But I made the decision at that moment that, okay, this is clearly... Quite challenging that even personal friends who have sticked through hard times are saying this is getting too bad. I, I made the tough call and it took a while before we took away the um the the waiting list and you know we're fully open now. But there we had to optimize that system and um it's just it's, sometimes it's good to to pay attention to the feedback, but look at how much of it is story stopping you. I know people who would happily not care, right? They just be like, well, all right, that client didn't work, but they paid me, you know, it cost me a hundred dollars to buy them as a customer. They paid me $500. So I'm still good. Let's just keep, let's just keep going. And there are many of those companies out there. Um, You got to find the, what sits with your values as to whether you want to be them or whether you want to be stuck only working with five clients and having just you as the business. And uh, my guess is if you're listening to this podcast, you want to, you want to rise and you want to be part of that rising tide that we talked about at the beginning. And therefore, I would I would say that there's a selfishness to go. I just want to be good and comfortable and happiness sitting here in my uh, my five clients and my order that has no chaos, because that's evolution, that's growth, that's chaos is created and bringing order. And that's my story, anyway. Pete, anything you want to add? Yeah. Look, I think I think that's good.
1: I think that's good if it works for you. Um... What I wanted to share was that I have a growing appreciation for when things don't go well. And for customers that uh, that, you know, cancel our service or, or don't work out well with us, because they're the ones that we learn from. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's lovely when customers give us a good review on Google, and they, you know, they the vast majority of our customers have a great experience, and we get a little dopamine hit. And that's awesome. And it's nice validation for what we do. Uh, but we that the learning doesn't happen there. Uh, It's or or if if there is learning there, it's nowhere near the magnitude of learning from a customer where things uh, have not gone well. So I like I like the punches in the nuts when they come through. Um, It's it's quite useful. And I'm reminded of a story of um, one of our customers is Zambrero. And uh, the previous CEO, Stuart Cook, who's a, a personal friend of mine, used to go and work in a shop in one of the franchises and uh, for anyone who doesn't know they're a quick service uh, mexican um, chain uh, based uh, based out of australia and um, he would go and work behind uh, as a ceo and they've got like they had like a hundred stores and hundreds of millions of dollars worth of revenue There's a big company and, uh, yeah effectively he'd work behind the uh, counter for a day uh, a couple of times a year and i really really like that just because of what you'll notice, you know, really being on the front line. Uh, And so I've done that in the past, you know, jumped into tickets and had a look at things. But I've also been a customer. And I'm a customer quite often to our business, uh, because we have a concierge service for Google Workspace. And when I need things done inside Google Workspace, like adding a user or changing settings in the admin panel, it's much easier for me to just chat to someone. And either get a bot to action something for me or a human to action something for me. Then it, it's actually faster than it is for me to go into my admin panel and dick around with the settings myself. Cause I don't always know the best practice. And you know, like sometimes I just want it done. And sometimes I even send a voice note in to our team, which I can do on uh, Facebook Messenger into our uh, business page and the team just get it done. Now I'm not sharing all of that to plug it what I'm sharing is every time I'm a customer of our business, I find something that we could be doing better. And I feel sorry for the team. They're always nervous when they work with me, because they know that I'm going to find something that we can do better. But whatever, it's all in the uh, all in the spirit of, of getting things good. And and it's funny, you know, once someone stuffed something up, and they, they, they were worried, Oh, am I, am I going to be fired now? Because I did a shit job in this ticket. And uh, yeah, that that was interesting. I was at that point in time, I was concerned. Wow is our is our culture uh, is there so much fear in the CEO in our culture that that, that someone's worried they stuffed up one ticket and they're going to get the boot? Uh, so there was some work to do there. But uh, yeah, it's it's beautiful to be a customer of our business because I then uh, see what could be done better.
0: Do you think just quickly before you move on? Do you think because I do the same thing, right? Like I'm a customer of my own my own service, and it's you learn so much doing it. Do you think though that because they know it's not, it's you, it's not like a hidden customer? You know, you're making it very clear that it's you, it's your own business. Same with me. You're not doing it as a mystery shopper approach. Do you think you get treated the same way that maybe the average client is getting treated?
1: Oh, look, I think our team go to so much length. To try and do a good job for me, that they'll they'll fuck things up anyway, just because you know they're nervous about it. So I, I think enough raw lessons come out of it, regardless.
0: Yeah. Um, well, that, I mean, it's interesting you say that that because like, I, it's one of those things I've wondered about. I'm like, do I do a more mystery shopper approach versus like you know dealing direct? But I think that's a really good point for anyone listening. If you if you have a product business, service business, doesn't matter. The value in being able to mystery shop or non-mystery shop, your own business is really important. The number of lessons you learn from being the customer side. Uh, and I haven't found a way to do it at scale with my team size, but I think also the more of your team members who get to experience the client side of it is even more powerful. My, recently, my operations manager in particular, she's we've been rolling out and testing a project manager add-on option we've been doing for a number of clients. And so as well as the project managers we hired, she's been running point on a lot of that. And uh, one of the things that she's discovered is when with the project manager service for us, effectively, she becomes the client. The client deals with her and then she's dealing with our service as a client would. And the amount of things that she's learned and noticed, the better appreciation she has for the frustrations that the clients might experience when something doesn't go wrong. And because it's her department, The ability of the new improvements and initiatives she's been able to do without me having to even say, hey, look at this problem, because she's experiencing it herself. So she's getting straight on to, okay, this person, we need to fix this. So there's real value if you've got a team, looking at your key uh, leaders and managers of particular things, getting them to experience client side as much as possible, as well as yourself, because there is just so much valuable data. In what clients tell you but also when you just experience the same frustration you go oh this is why a client's frustrated i get that i've experienced it now even if nothing else it's just empathy that when the client comes out saying i'm frustrated by this that they can at least empathize and go actually i know exactly what you're talking about
1: yeah i think on a basic level this is a mindset issue or a mindset barrier you know i'm refusing to Send that email campaign, or reach out to that customer, or do whatever, because you know I don't have the the confidence in myself. And uh, you know you can do work on that belief. Uh, we've we've taken you guys through some coaching frameworks on some other episodes that you might make use of. But I think uh, for me, you know, anytime I'm I'm faced with resistance or I'm faced with procrastination, I've trained myself, and I've got a little voice that comes up and it says, okay. This is a bit scary and I'm feeling a bit nervous right now. It's time to put on my big boy pants and step into the void. And I'll, and I'll literally have that thought. I'll literally have that thought of, okay, standing on the edge of the cliff. This is, this is a moment for me. And I'm reminded of the quote from uh, Tim Ferriss, which is that your success is directly proportionate to the number of uncomfortable conversations you're willing to have. I would extend that to, your success is directly proportionate to the number of uncomfortable situations that you're willing to recognize and show up in any way, uh and, and move and move forward in any way. And um, you know, I really I really appreciate this because of how deep this goes. Uh, you know, it relates to being seen, it relates to self confidence and and uh, you know, uh one's own self esteem, really. And because business is such a, a personal journey for owners and entrepreneurs, the most important thing for you in business is to work on your mindset. And that is absolutely everything.
0: It's everything really, it, you know, we've said it on numerous episodes and I know it's, it's like on my clubhouse bio as well is, you know, I believe that business is the best personal development journey that you can ever go on. You know, it's, it's irrelevant what your result is, just going into business amount of things you have to face and start to learn about yourself so if you can relate to what we've been talking about i I, like the number of times over the years that i have not taken action out of fear and then the number of times like pete i've never had that you know that idea of put my big big boy's pants on but the the same concept of going like i'm afraid of this so i should do it anyway um but the mind's there to try and keep us protected it wants to keep us safe based on the stories that we tell ourselves that we're not safe. And um, the reality is that it's your journey. You're on your own journey of where you're up to. But I would suggest, as you're listening right now, just have a quick think. What was the last thing that you didn't do? The email you didn't send, the ads you didn't turn on, the team member you didn't hire, the project you
1: sabotaged,
0: The project you sabotaged? What was the last thing that you didn't do or you somehow sabotaged? Get honest with yourself now. Truly, just get honest for a second. You had a logical reason. It all made sense of why you shouldn't do it or shouldn't take it. But just put that story aside for a second and just get honest. What was that thing that you didn't do or you somehow took an action that sabotaged it? And where did that come from? What was the real fear? What was that real fear going on? Was it someone might judge you? Might you judge you? Would someone maybe say bad things about you publicly? Shame? Humiliation? Would you... Was it even just a, you might be seen You might actually get yourself out there and be noticed. Like if you posted that thing on Facebook or you did that video, someone might notice it. It might work. And what could that mean? Too much attention on you or too many messages in your inbox. Or now there's an expectation that all your stuff has to go well. You might make money and then you might have to deal with how to make the money. (laughs) Just get real, like ask yourself. Just really sit with it for a second and find that thing and do it. Once you've found that story and you've found where the cause of what you think is holding you back, just go, great. Tell yourself, just right now, say to yourself, the next time that that situation arises, I'm going to blank. Next time something like this arises, I'm going to, and whatever, is, whatever you did, you're going to look at the opposite. And what could that be?
1: Uh, and when you really, really do the work on yourself, um, and, you know, Carl, I know that you and I have invested hundreds of thousands of hours $10. and <laughs> hundreds of thousands of dollars, uh, to, to do the, to do the work on ourselves. Um, and, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, you listen to this podcast is, is your way of, of doing the work on yourself, uh, and, you know, reflecting on, on what we're sharing.
0: I love it. I think that's a perfect place to wrap up.
1: I was going to say the same thing. It's time to wrap this one up. Thank you so much for joining this episode. We're really grateful that you are sharing your time with us. If you love this, please share it with someone who may find use from it. Uh, And we would always love an honest review on iTunes or your podcasting subscription service of choice. If you want to check out the show notes and all of our other episodes, head to rising.show and remember to connect with us on socials. Once you head along to the website, you've got a link there to connect with us as well. And we look forward to catching you in a future episode. Carl, thanks so much for co-hosting with me, man. Love love recording with you and I look forward to the next one.